0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I am Randy Robinson, and this is going to be a discussion like none I've had before in the last couple of two and a half years online and, you know, 10 years, I guess, so on broadcast. Because I have a, a guest uh, whose life is not like anybody that I know. Uh, I'll show you her book. Her book is called "The Astronaut's Wife." It's by Stacy Morgan, and yes, her husband is an astronaut. Uh, spent nine months uh, in in space, and then you know they, this is the life they live. Very unusual. How does that impact uh, a couple, a family? a wife well we're gonna find out and so appreciate you being here hello Judy glad you're feeling well today Um, anybody else live you're invited to be a part of the conversation of course if you're watching in a replay or now listening on one of the podcast channels we always appreciate the feedback uh, and the sharing and the liking and the following and all those good things Stacy great to have you on life today live
1: thank you for having me I'm excited to be here
0: so I guess I mean. The first question everybody asks is what's it like to be the wife of an astronaut so i what's it like to be the wife of an astronaut
1: i would say it's uh a lot like a regular life but with some interesting unique events every so often <laughs> so i think some people think like i don't know he you know my husband is floating around the house in a space suit or something <laughs> on a regular basis you know most days are like anybody else's days with any other job mm. But it is unusual that we've got to travel to the other side of the world and see a rocket launch. I watched my husband do spacewalks. You know, um, we live in a unique community of people with very unique jobs. And so sometimes when you're in it, you kind of forget how unique they are because everyone around you is experiencing yeah. the, the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was this something that you, when when you got married, you went into knowing or is this... How, how did, uh, absolutely yeah. not. Oh, okay. <laughs> absolutely
1: not. So my husband and I met in undergrad. We were both cadets at West Point. And so he was an Army officer, still an Army officer. And we uh, pretty quickly kind of as our life was getting established after we got married, um, he is also a physician. And so we were in the special operations community. And, of course, this is post 9 So There was a lot of deployments, a lot of um just, you know, the world changed after 9-11 for everybody in the military, everybody in the world, but especially those in the military. And so our life was 100% military focused. And in that lifestyle, you really have to be all in if you want to do more than just survive. And we were thriving in that life. We we love the special operations community that is still very much home for us. Um, And so that was the life that pretty much we were in. (laughs) And um, in 2012, we were one year out from moving to germany which i was super excited about Mm -hmm. you know as a as anybody you make plans and you you kind of hope those plans are going to stick so that you can do all the work and do all the things and my plans for germany involved traveling around europe and wearing lederhosen and (laughs) eating a lot of pretzels and all the things that you imagine and i was really excited about that and my husband came home one day and in this kind of uncharacteristically giddy mood he's not a giddy guy and he said, you're not going to believe this, like huge news, uh, NASA is opening up the window for a new class of NASA applicants. And I kind of <laughs> blink, blinked at him and I was like, oh, okay, like, are we just sharing random pieces of information? Like, did you hear this on the radio? And he's like, no, no, you don't get it. I want to apply. Wow. And this was shocking news to me because this felt like in the category of like, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a ballerina. but that ship sailed a long time ago, Mm -hmm. you know? What kid doesn't want to be an astronaut or have dreams of going to space? And certainly we had talked about his interest in that over the years, but never in the context of this was something that he was working towards or kind of a a lifelong dream. So this was a little shocking. Uh, It was not risk-free because of course you're, you're living a life that requires you to be all in. And so then to apply to something else is risky because you think what if this, you know, kind of questions our loyalty over in this other community and it doesn't happen. The chances Mm -hmm. of getting selected are very small. So what if this somehow puts at risk the plans we've already made in this other area? Mm -hmm. But he, uh, and also I really wanted to go to Germany, (laughs)
0: like (laughs)
1: like, selfishly, I really wanted to go to Germany. So he uh, assured me, look, uh, the likelihood of being selected is very small, but I want to try. I want to say, um, that I tried, and the joke was, you know, no, matter what, you'll always be able to say you were a NASA applicant. <laughs> and so, Excel. Uh, so we applied, and there's it's a very long process, takes about a year. There's many phases of that where the pool just keeps getting downsized, and he just kept making every gate until it literally got to a week before we were supposed to be putting our car on the boat that would take it to Europe, and I said. We, look, we got to know if we put this car on this boat and we're not there to meet it at the other end, we are never <laughs> going to see this car again. So, you know, can there be a decision soon? And uh, about a week later, I was at the grocery store and I, he called me and he said, where are you? And I said, I'm at the grocery store. Like, where else would I be? And he said, I need you to come home right now. And when I pulled into the garage, he was standing there and he said, uh, I got the call. Wow. They've invited me. They've invited me to come to NASA. And it was like, okay. (laughs) And everything, you know, everything we had planned for Germany had to be, you know, turned off, resubmitted for Texas and all the logistics of a move to another part of the country, you know, which is not stress-free. And we had to start kind of a new life. He is still an active duty military officer, um, but this is a new, there's a completely new culture, completely new place to live. Um, And that's what started our, our kind of uh, our space journey down here in Texas.
0: Uh, children at that time?
1: Yes, we had all four of our kids by then. Oh, I wow. think our youngest at the time was not quite three, so we, she was still, you know, kind of in the diaper phase and very little. She doesn't really remember a life before NASA. Sure,
0: sure. You know, and what about, what about your military career? What did, you You mentioned you guys met as cadets. What, what did your track look like?
1: Yeah, so I actually transferred out halfway through and finished at George Washington University and, um, It's, But it's, it was a great place for us to kind of start our life together, because I think it helped me understand what it is to live a life of service and duty and sacrifice kind of in a deeper way, because I'd lived that life for two years myself. Mm. And I certainly can't claim I didn't know what I was getting into since he was in it when we met. Um, And it's been great. And it really has, it was a theme from the day we met, this theme of service and, um and honor, and character, and leadership from day one, and that kind of continues to be our themes through our marriage, and kind of us as a family team to this
0: day. Well, uh, there's a foundation for you, uh, for a family, right? Spiritually, uh, mm-hmm. what what sort of y'all's background? Were y'all are you raised in the church, or something? Yes, both
1: of us were. I grew up in Massachusetts, um, attending Grace Chapel, which is a big church in, um, in Massachusetts, and uh, really blessed to just have an amazing experience there, large youth group, um, wonderful people. I'm still friends with my high school small group leader, which wow. I remind my girls all the time, like, you know, be nice. I'm still friends with mine. And, uh, and then my husband was a Air Force brat. So he moved all around. So his, his patterns of, you know, different kinds of denominations and sure. stuff varied based on where they were live, living and what was available. But yeah, that was also. We actually met through Officers Christian Fellowship, which is a Christian club, and um, that was an important, definitely foundational part of what brought us together, even right, so yeah. long ago. Yeah. So
0: I ask all that to to kind of establish. I mean, this is something that you guys probably prayed about, uh, sought God about, uh, asked for His leading about, and and it landed you in in a kind of a wild place.
1: Yeah, I think we've always said from the beginning, you know, God, take us where you want us to go. We have dedicated ourselves and our family to a life of service, both to you, to our country, to our nation, to, humane, you know, and down here, kind of in the space where we talk a lot about, you know, service to humanity, like the scale just kind of gets bigger as you, um, as you do that kind of thing. And so, um, trying to be very open-handed about where do you want us to go, not cling too tightly to those plans that <laughs> you'd really love to cling to, because it would just be easier to follow those plans. Um, but, you know, when these doors open, having the courage to kind of walk through, even though you don't necessarily know what's going to happen after you walk through that. So yeah, it's been an adventure. You know, it's funny. It feels a little bit like, you know, what's, what is around the next quarter? I don't even know. Cause it certainly has not been the standard path mm. for by any stretch in any of these categories that we have fallen into over the years.
0: Yeah. Could could be Mars. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. So talk me through the, the space station because it's one thing, I don't know, to me, I mean, flying to London is like a long flight. <laughs> yes. But you're, this is a whole, this is, this is a big deal. I mean, not just the risk, Uh, But the absence uh, for kids, I mean, not not easy. Tell me about that whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's you know, I mean, you can Google to see amazing videos on exactly how rocket launches work and they would do a much better job of what I can do. But what's interesting is you can actually get to the space station faster than you can get to London on an airplane. uh (laughs) It only takes a few hours. But of course, you're traveling a lot faster in a rocket than you are on an airplane. But yeah, it's um it is a unique experience to have, not just because obviously there is a a rocket that is literally traveling into space, but it is a unique season when your spouse or your parent is literally off the planet. (laughs) And, um, so it was a unique time of different kinds of challenges, um, facing some different fears that you just don't have when someone's say on a business trip or, you know, just not at home. And, um, It was both uh, amazing and fulfilling and had a lot of opportunities and also had a lot of challenges and was tough and did not come without sacrifice, both on my husband's part, but on my part and the part of our kids, our whole family. You know, these opportunities are never without risk and sacrifice of some kind, even if it's just time away from your family and, you know, almost a year of your children's lives.
0: Yeah. Uh, And so you, you mentioned what kind of, what kid doesn't want to grow up to be an astronaut. I would be that kid. (laughs) <laughs> because I I don't like flying, and the, the thought of being in space, it, it, frankly, it terrifies me. Right, so <laughs> I am I am good to stay right here, uh, feet on the ground. Right, right, right That's right. Was there any was there any fear involved on your part with that? Because it's if one thing goes wrong, I mean, you know, we've seen what the disasters that can happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, I think natural, everybody is a little bit scared. I mean, because you know, you know, the more information doesn't make you feel better, you know, (laughs) ignorance is bliss, right? And the more you learn about the science and the realities of space travel and uh, the vacuum of space and all the things that you're relying on working perfectly in order to keep everybody uh, safe and then get to and from safely, it, it is very scary. And a lot of it is now, uh, not, not just, I think a lot of people assume like, Oh, the biggest scariest moment must be when the rocket is taking off. And you know, you're worried that the rocket's going to explode. Sure. And uh, a lot of people are nervous about asking me that. So they kind of would couch it and funny, like, aren't you nervous about you know the rocket? And I'm like about the rocket blowing up. Yes. Yeah. I'm nervous about yeah. the rocket sure. blowing up. Who wouldn't be? But a lot of the fears comes with the secondary questions. Like um, because we had dealt with questions of mortality and fears about, um, one of us dying when drew was deploying um to afghanistan to iraq like so those were some questions we had a little practice in dealing with and um the military does a good job of helping you kind of think through and facing those fears of what would happen if your spouse died Mm -hmm. and that is a really good exercise probably for everybody to go through because we are all going to die someday Mm -hmm. and what you find is that the fears are not always from that first question, it's all those follow-up questions that come with after that was, is if this if this thing goes away in my life, whatever it is, then what? Yeah, you know, sure. how, what does that mean financially? What does that mean for the health of my children? What does that mean about the support and my own identity as this person who is married to this person or is relying on this thing? And those are the scary things that you really kind of have to work through. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I found that when I was watching uh, that rocket launch. It wasn't the fear of the rocket launch itself. It was the what comes next questions, and not just the um, the negatives. Like, what if this goes poorly, and I have to deal with the financial and family and all those other repercussions of something really bad. Mm. But what if this goes well? Like, what is parenting going to look like when my husband's in space and I'm on Earth? Like, is is his relationship with his children you know are, are there is their relationship going to be weird is this going to affect our marriage like will he have health problems when he comes home that we have to deal with like mm-hmm. there's just all these unknowns and it's really easy to sit in those fears and just let them overwhelm you because yeah. there's no answers to those those are all potential things that could happen in the future that you have no control over and it's really easy to just sit and spin on those things and and feel out of control and yeah. feel like uh-huh. you know where is where is any comfort in that and so for me personally, I felt like even standing there in that field and watching that rocket launch, like God was prompting me to make a choice. Like, are you going to live in this world of unanswerable fears? Or are you going to have faith that no matter what happens, whether it goes well or it goes poorly, that I've got this. I've got you. I've got you. And none of this would surprise me. And... um And that your fears, while they are natural, you do not have to live in that place of fear that you can, you can trust me to take care of you um, no matter which way this goes. It doesn't mean your heart doesn't palpitate, (laughs) you know, or that you don't want to just like sit down and just like sweat it out. But, um, but that's the difference between living a life that is reactionary and fearful and angry and afraid and one that is confident and peaceful and, um, I think with a little bit more clarity in your life, um, even though the circumstances may be exactly the same that you're living in, it's a, it's where do you place your trust? Yeah. And if yeah. your trust, you know, I think in that moment, I realized like, if my trust is in being married to this guy, well, if this rocket explodes, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if my trust is in the amount of money in my bank account and that bank account is empty what does that mean for me like whatever it is that you're most afraid of going away is probably an indicator you've put that on a pedestal in your life that maybe you shouldn't have and um god is trying to help you when you're in a scary place where that thing could be taken away he's trying to help you maybe take it off the pedestal and put it back where it belongs you know and let him kind of
0: it yeah it, it it's 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 one thing to say you know I put my trust in God. God, my security is in the Lord. Right. But when things go wrong, yes, or even not just having to go wrong, but when the risk is high, and I would say yes. that obviously with you guys, the you know the risk is more elevated than you know I me mean, as dangerous as these Dallas Fort Worth freeways can be driving <laughs> yes. to work. You know, it's just it's just a different level. Uh, I, how do you how do you how do you handle that with your kids? Cause it's one thing for you to have right. a mature faith and a mature trust and, and know your securities in the Lord, but it's, it could be a little difficult to convey that to kids at times.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's, you know, understanding that um, depending on their age and level of maturity, they may not understand hmm. any of what's happening right now. And so it's, it's about modeling what that looks like. Hmm. And so you know, in the moment when the rocket is launching, that meant holding their hands and saying, we're going to, we're going to do this together. We're going to step forward. We're going to hold hands and we're going to watch this and whatever happens, happens, but we'll be together. Mm. And, um, and even though you may want to fall apart, you know, (laughs) not doing that in front of your kids, because it's important to not scare them. You know, um, I'd also given them a lot, we'd had some conversations, you know, kind of, proactively before uh, my husband left where he took each kid out to lunch and, and just had a conversation with them where he could say the things that you would want to say to somebody in case something goes poor. just being able to live without any regret. Yeah. And, um, and some of it's paperwork you know, and making sure that like everything's in order. And mm. so at least that's not a stress, an additional stressor. Right. Um, and then, yeah, me kind of being able to be like, yeah, I'm scared too, but we're still going to st- face this and watch it. We're still going to, but we're going to do it together, and it's okay to be emotional, like letting myself show my emotions a little bit, not in a scary way, but you know, still kind of controlled and um, recognizing that as a kid, seeing their parent upset can be frightening. So there's wisdom in how much you show to a child based on their maturity. I could certainly show more to my teenager than I could to my eight-year-old. And just being honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired and I'm nervous and I'm scared. And, but here's what I'm, Here's what I'm counting on. God is with us, you know, and we had an amazing group of friends and family with us who are reiterating that message. That's why being a community is so important. Mm -hmm. So it's not just mom, like lecturing everybody about, you know, whatever it is, like there's a community of people whose foundation is built on the same thing. So they're echoing that same message of like, it's okay to be afraid. Hmm. But we're going to be brave because we know where our foundation is built on. And it's not on whether or not this rocket launch goes successfully or not.
0: Wow. Wow. All right. We're talking to Stacy Morgan. This is her book, The Astronaut's Wife. And by the way, you picked that up. All the proceeds from that book will go to help uh, military families, military causes. Is that right? That's right. Uh, so that that's very, very cool. Um and Stacy is also an executive direct- director of MOPS, uh, Mothers of Preschoolers International. And so she's she's doing lots of great things. I have to ask you about one thing because um Drew Spent was it 9 months on the space station? That's right. Uh, did that get lonely? It
1: did get lonely. I think um For both of us in different ways. You know, they, uh, on his side, he would say their days are so regimented and feel the same every day because they have no weather changes. They have no, they they have like 16 sunrises and sunsets a day. So it's not like time takes on a weird new rhythm. And so for him, when he would, come to our weekly video conference, like the kids were changing. It felt like the world oh, on man. earth was moving faster yeah. than it was for him. And so that was a little lonely to think like these things are happening without me and I'm, I'm missing it and that's lonely. And then on my side, yeah, I lost kind of my companion. You sure. know, I certainly have friends that I could talk to and things, but having someone that's just like kind of bumping around your house with you and you can share those little thoughts with that just feels like you're doing life with them. Uh, when that person's gone and the kids are in bed and you're kind of sitting on the couch and you're like, huh, I have like 500 random thoughts that I would really love to tell somebody, but who, who is that? There is, there is no one here. And that's kind of late at night. That's when you feel a little lonely. So that was a challenge that I had to overcome because no matter how much my husband might want to help me in that. He, he could not, he could not be there. He, you know, the time difference is different. He's dead asleep by the time I'm even thinking about going to bed. And so it required a little creativity, um, a little humility and vulnerability on my part to say to some of my friends, like, Hey, I'm, I'm lonely. I don't, I don't need you to come over. I don't need you to, to fix anything. I just need you to know that I'm lonely and I'd love it if we could find a way to, uh, to help me in this, and and we found uh, our my favorite app is Marco Polo because it's like video, kind of like video chatting, and you can do it, and then someone listens to it later. And so I had several friends who were like, "All right, let's let's Marco Polo this out," and that really helped. But it took being creative, it took reaching out, and being honest about it before anything could change.
0: Yeah, you know, and and that's interesting. you you kind of didn't have a choice. I think everybody kind of figured she's it's not easy for her. A lot of times we hide it and we don't want to reach out Yes, and we, it's true, you know, and that's, that's not healthy. So you're modeling a good structure, I think for anyone, not just astronauts, yeah. wives, right? Yeah, uh, that's
1: right. I mean, it's as hard as it is to offer help. It's, I think harder for people to yeah. um, admit they need help and yeah. then receive it when someone asks if they can yeah. help you.
0: And and one, once again, you're you're mature you obviously you've got a lot of depth uh a lot of faith but how do you convey that to your kids because they had to be missing dad too i mean that's that's rough
1: yeah i think it was being available um trying not to uh force them to talk about things if they're not ready Um, and also kind of recognizing that honestly they're some of these things that felt very important to me and very monumental to their dad did not them and that's okay in 10 years and 20 years when they're looking back and they're like i can't believe i told my dad i didn't want a video conference because i was far more concerned about my math test Uh, (laughs) you know but you know part of that as adults as parents was recognizing that like to the 16 year old brain there are things that are more important (laughs) than talking to your dad in space and (laughs) us try you know and just us trying to convince them that like Your dad is like in space, and you should want to talk to him, and you should want to tell your all your hopes and dreams and everything that happened this week. That that's more important than say like this math test or this English paper or this weird interaction that happened with some girl at school today. (laughs) Like impossible, impossible. And so just kind of letting them be kids, and like with anybody who's uh, where there's a parent who has an unusual job, or you're in an unusual season. We wanted them to be able to be kids and be their do their own thing, like live their own life, but certainly their life would be affected and, um, by what their dad was doing and the fact that he was in space, but we didn't want it to dictate kind of what their life would look like. And so sometimes that meant, you know, not really acknowledging the magnitude (laughs) of what was going on.
0: That's funny. And, And I can totally see that having four kids as well. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, you cannot impress them. Like, so don't feel bad. Like, if you do, <laughs> if you do something that you think is really impressive, impressive, like don't feel bad. Literally, they were not impressed by their own dad in space. Okay, oh, yeah. so like, do not <laughs> feel bad.
0: That's pretty funny. So there is an, also an element of fun. I, but forgive my ignorance here, but I don't know what they do these days. Do they splash down? Do they land? How, how do they arrive? Oh, it
1: de- well, it depends upon the vehicle at the time. So my husband flew on a Soyuz rocket. They that is a uh, that lands on. In Kazakhstan, actually, on hard ground, uh, the new SpaceX Dragon capsule that we just started launching from Florida in the last couple of years, that is a water splashdown okay. off, off the okay. coast of Florida. So each vehicle is a little right. bit different.
0: Good. Yeah, I don't feel so bad. So when when your husband, were you in Kazakhstan when he landed?
1: No, they actually get back to the U.S. within about 24 hours. So families stay uh, at so home.
0: You watch it remotely, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay what go what was going through your your head when when you saw that thing land safely
1: yeah it was um well it was a little strange because he came back in the ramp up to covid we didn't know it was the ramp up we thought you know at the time because it was april of 2020 oh wow so yeah so you know we thought it was like oh we're at the peak little did we know so it was going to be a lot lot yeah, longer the curve and we're done with that's it. right um So the, his return was a little bit kind of different than the usual. And one of the things that was different was that there wasn't, uh, usually there's kind of like high definition cameras and they're kind of tracking every movement and you could see it under parachute coming all the way into the ground. You could actually watch it, like hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And I later saw pictures of that, but live, We didn't see any coverage until the capsule was on the ground. Mm. And so by the time it turned on, by the time I guess the cameraman got there and turned on his camera, uh, they were pulling them out. And it was very kind of pixelated because it just was not HD. And, of course, they're streaming it live from the other side of the globe. So I understand. Um, But it's a little nerve-wracking because you think, what are they going to look like? You know it is a rough ride coming down. Um, you got to have a pretty stern stomach. And I think it would make anybody – feel pretty queasy. There's a lot of spinning, a lot of bumping, a lot of rolling. Uh,
0: I'd be be done. Uh, You wouldn't want to see me after that. That's
1: right. So when they (laughs) pulled him out and I saw him, it was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, like he looks, honestly, he looked terrible. He looked absolutely terrible. Everybody's different. Of course, the the, the pixelated coverage did not do him any favors. (laughs) Um, The real relief didn't come until... The next day when we when he actually we got to actually see him in person, because I knew when they pulled him out that he had a long journey from Kazakhstan back to the United States. And it was even longer than normal because of all the crazy COVID things that were happening with airports being closed and all kinds of stuff. So it was going to be a little bit of a planes, trains and automobiles to get him back. And I thought ooh, that sounds terrible after (laughs) everything you go through to get back to earth. And so I was a little nervous for him, honestly, when I saw him get pulled out and he did not look good. I thought, ooh, the last thing I would want to do if I look like that is like, get in a vehicle or get in a helicopter or anything. And so I was a little nervous. And luckily, when we saw him about 24 hours later, they bring them back here into Texas and the family were there kind of they taxi the airplane into the hangar and we were there waiting and he walked out under his, under his own two feet, which is always great. And he looked a lot better. He was certainly, it takes a while for the back to hundred percent, but he looked so much better and just kind of being able to, Touch him and and hug him after mm. you know pretty much almost ten months away, yeah. that was like relief. that's when you felt like, okay, we did it. we crossed the finish line, you survived
0: <laughs> you're
1: back yeah. where' we you know reunited again and now it's like onto the new
0: phase so there's there's obviously i mean we talked about the difficulties, but there's there's some fun at times.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't want anybody to think I'm painting some negative picture of what I mean. there's some incredible, incredible opportunities and um, we've had some cool opportunities to travel and do some things that we've never been able to do. I certainly, uh, you know, I got to go to Moscow and then Kazakhstan for the launch. Just That's an experience that obviously most people right. never get to have. And that was an incredibly amazing cultural experience, also just a real bonding experience for my family and our, our friends who came with us. And, um, yeah, please don't, yeah, don't, uh, d- yeah, don't uh, yeah, it's so you, absolutely you, you've, an you've awesome learned to en-
0: You've learned to enjoy the fun parts of it.
1: Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Good for you. And amongst all this, as I mentioned a minute ago, you spend a lot of time with, with mops I mean, yes. you, <laughs> sounds to me like your, your plate is plenty full. Why do, you, <laughs> why do you do that as well?
1: It is. Well, I love it. You know, I, I am a, a, a leadership coach for Mops International, and my job is to help develop leaders who lead their local groups all across the world, all across the country. My And one of my special projects is, is military families and military moms. You know, there's an epidemic of loneliness and kind of isolation amongst moms worldwide. Mm. Um, and so anything we can do to help draw women into um life-giving community, especially if there's a faith basis for that community, which Mops is so important. Like uh that's that's my passion. That mm-hmm. is absolutely my passion. And what's been fun is writing my story and um kind of the memoir of that season for the book. Uh, it's been a great way to kind of get my thoughts on paper and see the big themes that God has pulled through the last 20 years of our marriage. And how they are even incorporated into how we talk to um, these moms and these women that we are serving with mops, because the circumstances sometimes are different, right? Like not everybody launches their spouse into outer space. I got that. That's unique. But every person has had a time in their life when they were afraid, you know, something was happening that felt like it was out of their control. And they have to make a choice as to whether or not they're going to trust God for what happens next. And of course, the message that I'm telling leaders that they will then turn and tell the moms in their group is like, for a lot of women that happens, like when you come home from the hospital with this baby, like, oh my gosh, God, you gave me this baby and there's no instruction manual. I'm afraid. Like, what does this mean? How does this change my marriage? How does this change our family? How does this change our finances? And who do I trust? Like who honestly, in that fear, I think it exposes where do I find my safety?
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and so we hope that, you know, as as Mops, we come in and we draw you into community. Come find friends. Come find women. We talk about these things. Let's be honest. Let's be authentic friends. And also, let's offer you the opportunity to think about that the only true foundation for your hope and your safety is in God. So let's not sermonizing you, not, you know, not uh, banging you over the head, like in the context of friendship and my own life. So it's been really Awesome to be like. Let me show you. Like, I'll talk about it. I'll, yeah. I'll put it on paper and publish it. Like yeah. this is, Love it. you know, this is. I'm I'm not telling you something that I'm not living out. Like we've all had scary moments, and you know, I think in those moments God is there offering, offering his himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, you're you're offering foundational truths for anybody. And you got you got kind of the cool aspect of space. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? If
1: that's if that's what hooks you in, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. You can find out more about Stacy Morgan at stacymorgan2000.com. That's Stacy with an E Y Morgan2000.com. Um this this is this is fascinating and I'm sure uh, you get that a lot. People are like, wow, you know, just cuz it is it's space, it's cool and it's it's just different and seems very stressful to us land lovers, but uh, is anything? Right. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing that. And your, your energy is infectious. I love it. Um, is there anything you want to add before I let you go? Anything I forgot?
1: I just appreciate everybody's support. Thank you so much for having me on here. And like you said, um, I have, uh promised all of my book proceeds that goes to support military char- charities that support military families. So yeah. I always joke like if you buy a copy of the book and it's not your favorite, well the worst thing that happened is you you made a donation to a charity that supports military <laughs> families, but if you love it, buy 10 copies and give one to all your friends and you um
0: and I appreciate your support. There you go. Uh, and we appreciate you. We appreciate your I appreciate your witness uh, in in a place where a lot, of, I mean, the pressure is high for a lot of military families, and I imagine space families the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and so you're a light. You are a real light. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Uh, hit share, hit like, hit follow, subscribe, and pick up the Astronaut's Wife. Uh, you can check out, like I said, more about Stacey Stacey Morgan Two Thousand looks like this, and the book's available wherever you get books. We'll see you again next time.
1: It is the believing of the heart.
0: It is is faith in God. You believe it? amen. Amen.